Okay. To start uh, from the, the last issue going backwards, in State View, Washington, 234 North Carolina 531, page 535, our Supreme Court explained that the problem with giving an aggressor doctrine that isn't supported by the evidence is that such an instruction is partially in, inapplicable, incomplete, and misleading. Now, an instruction that's inapplicable, incomplete, and misleading has got to be in violation of the fair trial due process in front of the jury. There's just nothing else it can be because the jurors being told that they can find as a fact something that's not correct. It's in inapplicable, incomplete, and misleading. And uh, that leads me to the argument the state has made about what evidence there was. First of all, the shooting in the back, it cites to State v. Cannon. And the facts in Cannon are totally dissimilar to the facts in this case. And Cannon, the woman, the victim, is in her car driving up a driveway and several neighbors, witnesses, see that she's in her car driving up the driveway. So it's not just that she was shot once or in the back. It's that everyone could, there was evidence that she was actually leaving. She's in a car leaving. In the case the state cites for being shot twice is State v. Williams. And in that case, the second shot is after the victim pleads with the defendant not to shoot him again, which goes to Judge Wood's question, well, does it make a difference it's a semi-automatic? Yes, indeed it does, because the second shot would have been very quickly, very quick, uh, probably an involuntary movement on her part. It's not as in State v. Williams where the, there's one shot and then a pause, the victim asking, please don't shoot me again, and then the person shoots again. So the fact it's a semi-automatic weapon, Judge Wood, is very pertinent. Ms. Ozer, if you can wrap it up. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I had five minutes. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to give you a couple more minutes because I'm not a master of how this timer works, but I believe that... Keep going. If... if if Judge Murphy or Judge uh, Wood have any problem with that, I just... I That's what I was confused by because I didn't use... That's okay. My... We'll, we'll let you argue. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, and as far as the IAC claim goes, again, the problem here is Frank Wells, who's an eminent attorney, died suddenly on Easter morning last year. So the question that you would remand it for is was this a strategic decision or not? And that's not possible in this case because the attorney can't respond. So that that's my reason for not raising ineffective assistance of counsel. Um, and, and we don't, don't need to hear more about that. It's not in the record and that's fine. Right. 
And as far as invited error goes, invited error under the statute 15A 1443C has got to be something the trial attorney has brought upon himself, some error he has made. It's not simply not objecting to something. And the issue here, I want to make sure the court understands with that evidence is not only that it's irrelevant, but that under Hennis, the way it was presented was grossly prejudicial to hand out these documents and let the jurors sift through them for three days of enlarged pictures is a perfect Hennis case. And as this court knows, in Hennis, the Supreme Court granted a new trial. And that's what I ask you to do today for Wendy Hicks. Thank you very much.